Welcome back to Paranormal the New Normal. It's your favorite host, Jeremy Bryant. And this week's guest, I am very excited to have from East Coast Paranormal and from the Get Haunted Network, Christina Westervelt. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. And listeners, by the way, if I sound like shit, it's because I got COVID again. So goddamn alien conspiracies, I swear to God. But <laughs> anyway, Christina, why don't you tell our listeners about your work in the paranormal field? Um, so I have been with my team for about two and a half years. Um, we started off as another team and then we all broke off and formed East Coast Paranormal together. Um, I mean, I've been doing paranormal stuff since I was a little kid. You know, I grew up watching Ghost Hunters with my dad and we used to go to Salem, Massachusetts every year. And I'd bring my little old school K2 meter that you had to stick a coin in <laughs> to get it to stay on. Um, you know, we would do like the little cemetery hunts and stuff out there. But uh, actually over quarantine, I decided to get my butt up and do it for real, <laughs> you know, um, the uh, thought of staying up till 5 a.m. was absolutely horrifying, <laughs> but um, I figured you only live once. So I started, you know, uh, with my team, East Coast Paranormal, and it's been awesome. I work for the Get Haunted. Uh, well, I work for Get Haunted. Um, and if you haven't checked out the Get Haunted Network group page, definitely hop on there. Um, my buddy Rob started the company and it's pretty awesome. Um, we do public events, public investigations, but it's also, it's got a whole other concept to it. Um, if you need merch made for your team, if you need a logo, if you need anything, if you post it on the Get Haunted Network page, you, you'll, you'll find someone that'll help you out, whether it's Rob himself. I know he's very busy recently, but um, it's about networking. It's about working together. It's about that whole mythological creature called power unity that people like to throw out there. Um, but it's actually becoming a real thing. Um, and it's becoming very obvious in the network. And it's kind of awesome um, seeing so many teams, so many people working together, helping each other out. Um, Rob is one of the execs for the world's largest ghost haunt this year. So Get Haunted will be at the um, headquarters for the whole thing. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of world's largest ghost haunt, but it is one day every year. It's usually the last Saturday in September. Um, people from all around the world get together virtually and they all investigate on the same day. So this is the first year that we're involved with this, but um, the past few years, they've had people in Egypt, they've had people in Japan, they've had people all around and it, it goes for a little over 24 hours. And they, they go from one team to another to another. And like, I think every team gets a half an hour, 45 minutes of like broadcasting. Um, it's really cool. And we actually brought in Daryl Marston and his producers from the new Dead Live that I'm actually helping out with as well. And they're going to be helping us out with the world's largest ghost hunt this year to make sure all the tech issues that we've been having uh, will be going, well, they have had in the past um, are going smoothly. So yet again, bunch of people. We got Dead Live that I'm working with, Daryl, everyone from Paranormal Warehouse, we're all coming together. We get haunted. World's largest ghost hunt, and we're gonna make it better this year. So, 
Um, I got a lot going on. It's been crazy, but it's been good crazy. And uh, we'll see where this goes. Yeah, Paranormal Warehouse. I think I actually either had them coming on the show at some point or I tried to reach out to them to get them on the show. I forget which. I'm, I'm booked out till September at this point. So the amount of people I have going on this show is I might have to start doing two episodes a week. Like that's just the amount of people I'm getting, which it's <laughs> nice. phenomenal. That's it's, awesome. It's phenomenal because I never even imagined when I started the show that I'd get that many people right away when I'm nobody yet. Like I'm not Derek Hayes. I'm not, I'm not Seth Freeman. Oh. <laughs> but oh who cares who cares man it's all about supporting each other in the community you know it's great just getting to meet people and you know make connections and stuff like that that's why I love doing the podcast I don't care how many people are on your page like you know hey look I made a new friend you know <laughs> well actually well th- well thanks to my listeners we are now just over 100 listens so far in my podcast which is a great thing considering I'm only a month and a half in less than that even so nice I think, Very I, think cool. I think you're my seventh or eighth episode i don't i always forget my count but <laughs> so para unity i have not heard that phrase before okay. does, does that just basically mean like the paranormal community is becoming like us yeah instead of trying to like fight against each other like they used to it's a ta- it's a very taboo term in the paranormal community because um you know there's a lot of drama and stuff like that and people throw the word para uni around and a lot of people don't like it because it doesn't seem that there is a lot in the field um but like i said um we get haunted and everyone coming together and working together on this network page um it seems like more of a real possibility these days. Um, Rob's done a fantastic job with Get Haunted. Um, we've met so many people. We're working with so many people. You know, he's made logos for, um, I don't know if you've seen, heard of the Paranormally Bond podcast. I was on a little while ago. Those two ladies are absolutely awesome. He made their logo for them. You know, like everyone's just helping each other out, which is what it's supposed to be all about we're all supposed to be lifting each other up and working together instead of people being you know up at odds and competition with people which seems to be a very uh, you know common thing in the field unfortunately but um yeah I mean it's a very common thing in most fields it's just yeah it's you know what it is and I love listen I'm I'm (laughs) no matter what hobby no matter where you are you know there's always um crazy people but the paranormal seems to attract a certain kind of. <laughs> oh, oh, trust me, I know. I mean, I when I first when I first was in the process of starting this podcast, I reached out to one guy on Facebook who was looking for paranormal someone someone into the paranormal to be on his show, and he basically insulted me for starting this show, saying I'm just going to scare people by having people tell their experiences on here, and like I'm I end up blocking them because I'm just like this guy is insane yeah no i mean they only have tv shows on like major networks about that like yeah i mean (laughs) yeah i mean the point of this show is literally just to have people tell their experiences so people understand that paranormal is literally the new new normal i mean Mm -hmm. it's always been there we're just seeing it and recognizing it more and more which whether that's a good thing or a bad thing who knows but (laughs) it could be a sign at the end of days for all we know but (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's insane. I mean, there's just some of the people you meet in this, in this field, they're just, yeah, they're not, they're not all there. And of course, cause 
yes, if you meet people who think they talk to ghosts on a daily basis and stuff like that, which this guy did claim he did, because he talked to spirits yeah. and they told him who to work with. And I was like, okay, go back to the loony bin you escaped from. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, you never know with these people, so. <laughs> but, yeah, and I mean, just from checking out your TikTok page, which you did something I never thought could be done, you got me on TikTok. Because I, I, re- I refuse to join TikTok for the longest time because I don't think it's a good thing. I, well, not, not, not that I don't think it's a good thing. I just never saw a point for me being on it because I'm not going to do dance videos. I'm not going to do any of that type no. stuff. No, I don't have a lot on my TikTok. Um, I have my personal account. Hi. I have my team's account, East Coast Paranormal. And then there's the Get Haunted account. Um, and then actually at my, I have a pet skunk. So, um, I've seen that <laughs> if you, if you look up charger, the skunk on TikTok, he's got his own, own account. He's got like over 5,000 followers. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, he, he, he is adorable. I mean, I I've seen the, I've seen, I've seen the videos of him and everything and he's adorable. Like it makes yeah. me want a skunk, but we just got a puppy and I didn't want that to begin with either. So <laughs> I, to me, animals just equal more work and with, this animal behind me I got yeah no that's why I just I just want fur babies <laughs> I'm good with the furry ones that I can leave home alone and not get arrested for it so <laughs> oh trust me I I wish yeah trust me I I barely get we barely ever get nights out because of these two but yeah but they're worth it right <laughs> oh totally worth it I love I love putting her to bed every night. It's the best part of my day. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, and I mean, I love that in your one video you use homies by Insane Clown Posse because yeah. I am I am a huge juggalo. And since you haven't heard this show, I'll just tell you straight out the theme song to this show is "Bring It On" by Insane Clown. I'm po- uh, not bring it on. That's the, awesome. <laughs> other side, it's it's take me to the other side. Okay, I um. Yeah, no, I had a hatchet girl on the back of my neck for a really long, like years and years and years. And then I just recently got it covered up just because I just didn't want to be known as a gang member, according to the (laughs) FBI anymore. Um, But no, I still um, I still very much, you know, I'm more of like I'm I'm not a huge fan of their newer stuff. I'm more the only people on psychopathic records that were ever consistent was twisted. So like they still put out good stuff, you know. You know what I mean. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I agree. They've gone downhill in recent years. I mean, since the last two Joker cards, it's been kind of a joke thing, and every yeah. every artist they have is leaving their label. So it's, I mean, yeah. Violent Violent J's sick and stuff. So I know. Which it sucks, but they're they're getting up there in age. I mean, they've been around for thirty something years, which. Mm-hmm. Listen, which we're not gonna stay this long, listeners, because this is not a music show. But if you do want to hear me, <laughs> if you do want to hear me talk about the Juggalo fandom, I have an upcoming episode of Part of My Fandom where I talk to the host about being a Juggalo for an hour. So nice. that that'll be out at some point next month. I'm not sure when, but but that was a fun show. But yeah, I mean, I just when I saw that, I was like, I was sitting in my car, at, like in between stores at work, and I heard that. I was like, oh my god, yes, that is perfect. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and yes, I, I still do have the hatchet man in my arm and I I rip it proud. I don't care. The gang yeah. thing is just so stupid, but I know it's ridiculous. I'd be more scared of I'd be more scared of people who like NWA than people that like insane clown posse, but 
that's me. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I love, and I love NWA, but still, I'm just saying, <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't want to go to Compton. I'm good on that. <laughs> so, why don't you tell us about some paranormal experiences that you've had in, in, in your life, either with your team or just personal ones happen to you? Either way. Um, I unfortunately don't have any like crazy growing up in some haunted house stories or anything like that. Um, it's just always been something that's really interested me. And um, I have not had a ghost jump out and do the jig in front of me, but <laughs> I've had some certainly interesting things happen to me over the past few years while investigating. Um, I think the holy grail of things that have happened was at Penhurst uh, last year. We, me and my team were at Penhurst and we go to Penhurst a lot. We'll be back there on July 3rd. And then also uh, for World's Largest Ghost Haunt, that's where the headquarters is going to be in September. Um, September 24th, if you anyone in your teams want to get involved, it's uh, nationalghosthuntingday.com. That's where you go to sign up your team. Anyone can join. Just find a location, preferably somewhere with Wi-Fi or somewhere that has good reception. Otherwise, it's not going to come out very good. Um, but anyone who's watching, uh, nationalghosthuntingday.com and definitely check that out. But anyways, so I was in the Rockwell Tunnel with a few of my team members and my friend Eric Vital, who uh, is in Nesper and his wife now. And we were, we were getting a little bit of equipment hits here and there, this and that, nothing too crazy. And then my team members, Rich and Sarah Lee, came down into the tunnels and we were down there for like maybe another half hour. And then all of a sudden, my buddy Rich goes out. And we're like, now Rich was sitting right in front of me. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking at him. I mean, it's dark, but I'm looking at him, you know, yeah. and it's cold out. We have jackets. So he pulls his sleeve up and he has full on like right here, top and bottom teeth prints on his arm, like indentations, like a human mouth print. Um, it looked like it was like missing teeth too. It like, it, it looked messed up. Um, and I know, cause like I said, I was sitting right there in front of him, that there's no way in hell he could have done that himself. And he had been down there for at least half hour, 45 minutes. So it's not like he bit himself before he came down there, you know? Um, and actually my buddy, Patrick, who's on my team, he actually works at Penhurst. That's actually where we met him that night. And he was sitting there like, oh my God, like actually, like, I don't know if you've ever been bit by like a child or a dog or anything, but when you get bit, it, it's like flesh tone. And then all of a sudden it starts to swell and turn red. And like, we're sitting there with a the flashlight on his arm and it just starts swelling and turning red. And um, it was absolutely crazy. Um, that's one of those experiences that we have only have pictures. It was 3am. All of our cameras were dead and mine was, you know, stupidly facing the other way of the, like down the hallway anyways. Um, but it, it was dead, but you know, I, I don't care. Like some people were going around saying we faked it and I don't really care because that was one of the most amazing experiences. So at least me and the people there got to experience that, you know, um, it, that was, yep. That was probably my number one top experience. Um, 
I've had, you know, I've been touched. Um, I've, I've felt stuff like that. I think the most scariest, even though I'm not like one of those, yeah, I'm really hard to impress. Me and my team are very skeptical um, investigators. You know, it's not that we don't believe, it's just we're, we, we debunk like everything. You, you have know? to, or, you have to. Yeah, so um, I was at the Shanley Hotel, um, which I frequent often as well. And we were up to like 4 a.m. investigating. My friend's son, uh, my friend Christina, her son was sharing one of the rooms with me and he was already sleeping. And I, I went in there, he was sleeping with the lights on. I, I got changed, I took makeup off, I turned the lights off and I'm trying to go to sleep. And I actually had my camera um, facing the bathroom in that, and I was staying in the Rose room. And that's like one of the, like, that's the only room in the place that has its own bathroom. The rest of it's like, kind of like hostel style. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but anyways, the, the time before I had been there, there was stuff walking around that bathroom all night. You heard footsteps, you heard the door creaking for hours. Um, my friend Megan, it actually woke her up and she's like, Christina, do you hear that? And I was like, I've been sitting here listening to it for like 45 minutes. Like, yes, I hear that, you know? Um, so I had my camera facing the bathroom this time and I don't sleep well there at all. Um, so I woke up an hour later, it was like 5am. My camera was dead. It's not unusual. Those batteries don't last too long. And I tried, I was going, I went back to sleep and maybe I would think it was just before 6am I wake up now to this very day. I don't know if I dreamt this. I don't know if this actually happened, um, which I think bothers me the most about the situation, but I woke up. I was in the position that I was sleeping in, but I heard the bed flex and I, I, you ever, you stay at a hotel and like the comforters aren't like soft, you know, they're kind of like rigid, rigid. they crunch, you know, um, I, I could hear like the sound of like the crunching of the comforter and I, I'm like a side stomach sleeper. (laughs) I, I couldn't move. I tried to move. I felt like I was pinned down to the bed and I went to scream for Anthony who was sleeping in the room with me on the other bed and nothing would come out of my mouth. So I had like this like class A like sleep paralysis experience. And then finally I like came to and I got up, I put my shoes on, I put my hoodie on, I went downstairs to the common area at the Shanley and I sat there for three hours until the rest of my team woke up. Um, It scared the crap out of me. Um, but at the same time, it was like fascinating, you know, that's, that's why we're there, you know, to have these experiences, it makes us a more experienced investigator. Um, so I'm totally glad that it happened. I'm very hesitant to stay there again, although I've, I have investigated there numerous times since, and I still plan on going back. We do a lot of get haunted events at the Shanley hotel. It's in Napanock, New York. Okay. I was going to say, because is that that's the one that you post saying it's in Ulster County, right? Uh, I guess I don't know if it's Ulster County. It's in Napanock. Is that is that Ulster County? I'm not sure. I'm trying. Um, to, I'm trying to think where Napanock is because I I grew up in Kingston, New York. So, okay. so where are you now? I'm in Gardner, Massachusetts now. Oh, but, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, but I I grew up in in Kingston, New York. I'm trying to think because I I know I've heard of Napanock, and I feel like it might be part. Of, it it's be- about an hour and 20 minutes from me in North Jersey. 
Um, I usually take the throughway to the Woodbury Commons exit. And then I think I stay on that highway for like freaking 45 minutes. And then okay. I guess. All right. No, that, okay. Then, yeah, because that's Woodbury Commons. That's by Middletown, I believe. Yeah, that's before Ulster County. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's closer to this. Oh, it's kind of parallel to Ulster County. It's, um, yeah. I, I want to say it's part of Sullivan County, but I'm not positive. But because I saw you posted on TikTok that you did a hotel in Ulster County, and I was like, "Huh, which one?" I kind of like. I, I mean, Kingston, maybe it is. I mean, I don't know, but Kingston, Kingston, New York, is full of haunted uh, locations because of everything that happened there during the Revolutionary War, the yeah. War, the War of eighteen twelve, and all that fun mm-hmm. stuff. But yeah, I mean that's crazy <laughs> waking up with a ghost i mean waking up with a ghost laying in bed with you possibly it's just in i mean i've heard stories that happening before and it's always just so creepy because it's like i want to call it ghost date rape almost <laughs> i mean i didn't feel violated no it was just startling you know i mean well, it now that i sit back and like it's kind of cool because it's just i mean that's the main reason I'm out here doing this is to have my own experiences, you know, um, cause I never, my, you know, a lot of people in my family are very sensitive and I'm not, you know, I'm, I've, it skipped my generation. I'm not a sense. I'm not a sensitive, not a psychic. So I've just been out there hardcore looking for my own proof, you know? Yeah. Which, I mean, of course I don't, I don't blame you for that. I mean, I wish I was sensitive too, but just, no no as far as i know no one in my family has ever been sensitive it's just we're one of those boring families where no one sees anything <laughs> but yeah my dad's very but um and he's an ex-cop too so uh he's seen quite a, a bit but yeah skip me <laughs> yeah i can't even say it skipped me it just avo- <laughs> it's just avo- not in the family <laughs> just av- avoids my family tree like a plague basically but, <laughs> but it's funny because my now wife because we just got married on sunday but i saw congratulations thank you but she used to live in a town called hansen in the bridgewater triangle or like right in the edge of the bridgewater triangle which i'm sure i'm sure you know what that is right Mm-mm. really i it surprises me how many people do not hear about the bridgewater triangle nope haven't heard of it uh well i don't know what group it was but some group did a documentary about it like 10 15 years ago and basically, it's just a section of Massachusetts around Bridgewater, Massachusetts, where <laughs> where basically everything paranormal or cryptid related you could think of okay. has happened in this area. It's kind of like it's kind of like the Bermuda Triangle or the San Borrego Triangle or any of the any of them really. But mm-hmm. Bigfoots, Puckwudgies, uh, giant snakes, Thunderbirds, spirits, ghosts. Okay. Basically, Native Americans got slaughtered there by white men, of course. And they, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not even going to try the Native American tribe name because I'm going to butcher it if I try, but <laughs> I, I feel like I could say it, but I feel like I'm about to destroy it, so I'm not going to, but basically, basically they they were getting slaughtered and right before the chief got slaughtered because they retreated to the swamp and they were fall there and slaughtered on the way, basically. And before the chief got slaughtered, he cursed the land so that the white men would never be able to peacefully live on okay. it, which I don't blame him, but 
Oh, those Native American, like, supposedly cursed or, like, burial ground areas, like, really kind of freak me out a little. <laughs> well, let me tell you, my, the house my wife lived in before she moved to me, her grandfather bought the house the, in, the, in 1990 around there, and the people who built it only stayed in the house for, like, a year or two. And they didn't say why they wanted to sell, but it's pretty obvious now why, because the house was built on the Indian burial ground. It's basically a poltergeist situation where they. Yep. No thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and I've stayed. I, I've I've stayed for a week at a time at, at her house when I when we were just dating, and it's. I mean, you if you're up at three four in the morning, you get the creepiest feeling just being awake in the house at that point. Because, and I mean, she, my girl, my wife is very sensitive. She's seen a lot of different things, and the reason I bring it up is because she actually has while she's been laying in bed at night. She'll feel her sheet. She'll feel her blanket getting pulled off her, and she'll oh, okay. and she'll wake up and it'll be under the bed, like there's something under the bed pulling it under. Hmm, that's that's really creepy. <laughs> <laughs> and she's also woken up because it felt like someone was pushing down. Someone was sitting or pushing down her chest, oh. and she couldn't breathe. So, yeah. I mean, she's seen everything from shadow people to spirits to everything you could imagine in that house. So, I mean. That that house is just, yeah. That house is just. I mean, even being outside at night in that house, it's surrounded by woods. Yeah. And, they, and these this these are this is a forest that goes into where the Bridgewater Triangle is. She lives like right outside the border of it, and those woods. If you're sitting outside in her backyard at night, you feel like there's things watching you. You feel like there's things running. You hear things running around. You have no idea what they are. Doesn't sound like any animal you ever heard before. It's just, it's creepy as hell. But. I swear That's kind of how I felt at the Conjuring House a little bit. Um, yeah, the, wood, the woods there are—I uh, don't know—I just feel like someone. I mean, they have you know sightings of UFOs out there. There's a lot of. Um, I mean, there, some people say there's correlation between UFO activity and um, paranormal, like you know, spiritual ghosts, whatever. Um, I don't really know. I mean, I don't know much about any of this. Like none of us do, you know, we just go by our own experiences and, um, you know, theories that we have, no one's a pro or, um, no. an ex expert, you know, but, um, from what I hear a lot of times, um, either it's the land that attracts the UFO activity and the paranormal, you know, the, the ghosts, um, or maybe one attracts the other, um there's a bunch of theories on that which i find is really interesting actually yeah which actually is okay the bridgeport triangle is also infamous with ufos and aliens which that's something i forgot to mention but actually everybody should figure that out anyway if it's got everything else but yeah yeah but yeah <laughs> I mean, it, it, aliens it, might be the most reasonable thing out there these days now that the government's talking about it yeah i mean face it listeners the government actually admitted there's ufos before they admitted there's bigfoot so, mm -hmm. and I'm pretty sure the government has some big feet, some big feet or some big foots locked up somewhere. I'm pretty damn sure of it, but <laughs> yeah, they have to. I mean, the the whole Olympia project out in Washington, there's got to be something out there that they caught. I mean, I'm, I'm still, yeah. I'm still trying to catch up on small town monster stuff so I can get to the point where they actually That's filmed 2023, it. 2023, dude, 2023. Or <laughs> Maybe, you never know. <laughs> Natural disaster, 2023, Bigfoot. <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't even call that. I don't even think it would be a no, disaster. No, no, I know. I'm not talking. You know what I mean. Oh, okay, yeah. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Conspiracy. There you go. There you go. There you go. Yeah. That's a better word for it. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it is all related. There's been UFOs and Bigfoot sighted, (laughs) sighted like either one after the other or in the same area at the same exact time, which, which leads to a thousand different theories that we're not going to go down to at this point because we'd be here for hours if we went down every single one of those black holes. Yeah. But I mean, that the the conjuring house i saw on tiktok that you guys went there did you guys actually get anything there or was it i mean um it was actually pretty quiet um when we were there i didn't really get anything crazy um but i have you know i have friends like my friend rob who owns get haunted that you used to work for another event company and spent about 11 nights there at like overall not consecutive but and he had some absolutely like life-changing crazy shit happen there <laughs> um and happened to him because of the house if you go on youtube andrea perrin she's one of the girls that grew up at the conjuring house she has her own youtube channel and she she actually interviewed rob um a, maybe like a month or so ago and it was a two hour long they could have went on for longer like the crazy things that they talked about with that house um supposedly it's one of those houses that have to get familiar with you so we were only there for one night um we really didn't have a lot of activity but i remember going out in the yard by the wood line and just feeling very uncomfortable (laughs) you know it was just like "Mm." the house i was fine in i felt we all fell asleep honestly i mean i don't know if it maybe was like draining our energy or something but before midnight half the guys on the team, I actually have pictures of it, were passed out in one of the upstairs bedrooms. They're like sleeping in beanbag chairs up there. Like they're all just unconscious. Um, I fell asleep in the library at one point. My friend Christina fell asleep in the living room. Um, Throughout the night, we were just all in and in and out of consciousness there for some reason. Um, Maybe it's just because it was like comfy. Like there were like clean comfy things to lay on and unlike being at an abandoned building where there's nowhere to relax you know yeah i mean i mean well the conjuring house i've I've heard many podcasts like talk about the real story of the conjuring house not the not the movies oh the movies no that's maybe like two percent of the movie is real but yeah real yeah i mean you can't ever go by the movies unless it's a document even even if it's a documentary you can't go by it 100 always but i mean that feeling when you're though when you're like you're outside by the woods, were you the only one outside or was like your whole team out back? No, it was just me because I'm a jerk oh. and I like to wander off by myself places. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in my mind, that's either one or two things. I mean, either if you're feeling that uncomfortable, it either means that the spirits or demons or whatever it is are watching you from the house when mm-hmm. you're out back because there may be something out there they don't want you to uncover. Maybe there's something hidden back there that keeps yeah. them there. Or or who knows? Maybe the spirits like to roam the woods too. I mean, it wouldn't be the first yeah. time I wouldn't be the first time I heard of spirits in the woods. Mm-hmm. Yep, and they said they've had tons of UFO sightings out there as well. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, I just don't. I can't explain why UFOs and ghosts and spirits would be related, unless it does go back to the whole alien. like the property. Maybe it's the property that attracts it. Who knows? Maybe. I mean. I don't know. I mean, it could all come down to some 
Like, cause the area we live in is very UFO popular too in Massachusetts. And people think it's because there's some stone or metal in the ground that mm-hmm. they, they use to fuel their ships. Mm-hmm. So we, th- they think that they stop in the woods, they siphon it out as best they can and they go on. I mean, the other night we saw things three nights ago, my wife and me were on the front porch, smoking a cigarette and we see things flying by in the window. I mean, I didn't see them. My girl, my wife did. I'm still getting used to saying that, <laughs> but it but takes a while. I'm sure <laughs> it does. Cause I've been calling my girlfriend for four years now and it's just weird, but, <laughs> and we did get married out of the freaking blue. It all happened within like two weeks, but we have okay. reasons, but, but she's staring out the window and she's trying to tell me, she's like, yeah, there's these things flying by in the sky. And then there's some other ones just kind of sitting there like hovering. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, the government admitted the aliens exist, so I don't doubt it. <laughs> like, yeah, I've never doubted aliens exist. These, I've never seen anything, but I'd love to. Et, yeah, I've never home. seen. I don't. Um, I live ten, like ten minutes from New York City, uh, from Manhattan. So you, when we get meteor showers. I don't see them. Um, any type of because the light from the city oh, just is. Yeah. It's just you can't see. The, we don't. I have to drive like maybe half an hour 40 minutes away in order to see the stars properly you know of course um, yeah i mean yeah. i've been i've been in new york city plenty of times and i you know you can't see nothing <laughs> you can't see nothing no no yeah i live in like like 10 minutes outside in the suburbs so it's like Ooh, pricey <laughs> uh yes um that is why i yeah uh, that's why I live with my father again, <laughs> temporarily. Hey, that's hey. why I'm back at home. <laughs> no hate here. I moved. Da- I moved back in with my mother too when I was 25 until I was 33. So yeah, no yeah. hate here. Well, I- me and my me and my ex that I was living with broke up, so I decided to take charger and come back here for a little bit. Uh, I live in one of the most expensive counties in New Jersey, so um. I'm definitely not going to be staying here when I'm done here, you know? Yeah, of course not. I mean, yeah, we used to drive through those neighborhoods kind of when we were coming back from the city. And it's always like, like we used to always tell our parents, like, we want to live there. And they're like, yeah, okay, good luck. Oh, no, my dad pays over $23,000 in property tax a year. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it is. Yep. Just just to live that close to the city. but Absolutely crazy. I hate the city. I haven't been in there in years. Well, you can't now unless you're vaccinated in New York or Boston, New York or Boston. It's ridiculous. I know. And they're, they're supposedly starting to lay up on that a little bit. But I mean, I worked and I worked for CBS radio um, for a few years for a few of their radio stations. So I did work in the city, but that was a long time ago. And I don't miss it. <laughs> yeah, I, I've never been a city person. I, I wouldn't be able to stand it either. Like I just yeah. I've always been more of a suburb person or. Now I live in the boonies because my girlfriend doesn't like suburbs, but wife doesn't like suburbs, but <laughs> still getting used to it, folks. But um, <laughs> so were there any other really like famous places that you guys have investigated or? Um, I mean, Pennhurst is very well known. Well, Fort, gonna, Fort Mifflin. I was going to say Pennhurst. I feel like it's either a college or a prison. I've heard the name. of Pennhurst. Thousands. Pennhurst um, was. It, it was a bunch of things throughout its life. Um, it was a, a state school, but it was also an asylum, um, a mental asylum. They That's had, why I heard of it, yeah. Yep. So they had, you know, people uh, were just dumped there by their families. And at the time, it was like anything from autism to 
dwarf, like if you were a dwarf, like any anything that you wouldn't get committed for these days, people are just abandoning their family members. Um, one of the crazy things about my story about my friend Rich getting bit there is the the patients at Penhurst were notorious for biting. Um, they would, and as punishment, one of the doctors there would yank their teeth out. So yeah, so the fact that Rich got bit in that tunnel was absolutely kind of ironic and crazy, actually. And the fact that the teeth, I'll show you after the show, um, there, you could see like the teeth print. It, it looks like either it's missing teeth or the teeth aren't in the right spot. It's very weird. Um, but, you know, we've done Fort Mifflin, we've done Penhurst, we've done The Conjuring House. Um, we've done plenty of places that have like White Hill Mansion that that's been on a bunch of shows. Um, oh my God. I can't even remember how many places I've been to. What else have we done? Um, we've done Boobies Brewery, uh, in Mount Joy, Pennsylvania. Um, that's not as well known. Um, oh my do guys, God. Do you guys ever come up to Massachusetts and do like investigations there or whatever? Um, we, uh, I'm working, uh, Get Haunted has an event. We're doing a public event July, second week in July, maybe the 9th. Don't quote me if that's the Saturday, then the 9th, um, at SK Pierce Mansion in Massachusetts. Uh, I'm not sure what town that's in offhand, but, um, yeah, you said, we'll be you, there. You said the SK Pierce Mansion? Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I doubt it's the same one, but there is a mansion in Gardner, that is. That's that's it, I believe. It is, oh, oh my God, you guys are gonna be in my town that day. Really? I think there's still tickets available if you and your wife want to come. Yeah, <laughs> problem is we got no one to watch the monkeys. Oh, no one to watch the spawn. And if they and I mean we they would easily come, but then I don't need the little one crying because she's scared. Yeah, the, no. the, the older one would probably be loving it because he. It is Gardner, Massachusetts. Yeah, you yeah, know all the get haunted events are um for insurance purposes are all eighteen and up. Yeah, of course. I mean, I understand that. So, but it's funny because yeah. I was just talking to uh, Christopher Susie. I don't know if you ever heard of him, but he was on my show last week, and actually, it's slowly become one of my most, my most listened to episode because it's. I'm sure you saw it posted, but it's three stories of him meeting the devil, supposedly. Hmm. which interesting it's oh god it's it's worth a listen anybody who has listened to it yet listen to it it's worth a damn listen but i was talking to him like telling him like if you ever want to come investigate the mansion at gardner let me know we'll do a cross promotional thing with it and we'll go do it but but yeah yeah, i i I may have to buy tickets so i can go do that with you guys because that would be great for my network (laughs) but yeah no absolutely and the funniest thing about that mansion is they're building a liquor store right across the street called Gardner Spirits. Uh, it's like uh, Bunghole Liquors in Salem, Massachusetts. <laughs> Been there. We, we went to Salem uh, two, three years ago before COVID. I used to go every year since I was a kid with my dad. And then when I was old enough, me and my best friend Megan would go every year. I love Salem. It's beautiful there. It is, but it's, it's actually funny because like, we were getting the guy a tour done by one of the tour groups there that does like the walk around tours. And after we, after the guy gets done and we're, well, he wasn't even done yet, but we're just walking like from location to location in between locations. I'm like, do you guys listen to unobscured podcast with Aaron Mankey? And he's like, yeah, 
He's like, that's what he's like. We revitalized our whole tour based on the information he had put together. <laughs> and I'm like, I know I heard all this somewhere before. <laughs> and I'm like, so I ended up talking for a while about it. And it's just like, funny. they said, because no one has ever put together so much research about Salem mm-hmm. with trials in one place before and made it so easily digestible. Oh, yeah. Well, um, I do a podcast <laughs> with Dave Childers and Chris Sanders. Um, Chris is from Maine uh, or lives in Maine and Dave's in New Hampshire. So those two are always in Salem. Um, But we do a show on Sunday night on the It's Haunted. It's Haunted, not Get Haunted. It's Haunted Network. Um, But yeah, those guys are always out there. I am hoping I can get back out there. I want to go. I want to go back to the Salem cheese shop and buy lots of cheese. (laughs) Didn't know that existed. But now if I go there, I am going to have to check it out. It just opened. Oh, okay. A few years ago, um, maybe like four or five. I don't know. I just, I recently, uh, maybe a few years ago, discovered it and it's amazing. Well, I'm, ass- <laughs> I'm assuming it's, I'm assuming it opened pre COVID. I think so. I mean, because, well, I mean, yeah, thank God still surviving because a lot of businesses didn't survive COVID. But I know it's terrible. It looks like most, I mean, uh, at least most of the shops that I always would go and visit every year seem to have survived. So, well, Salem is a very good t- tourist destination. I'm pretty sure they opened up as soon as they could yeah. to, try, to try to get people back up into that town. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's always booming there. No matter what day of the week you go there, it's booming. There's always people there. The, the haunted houses are, not, not, yeah, the haunted houses walkthroughs are always f- like really fun to do. And mm-hmm. my uh, now eight year old, but he was five or six at the time actually no he'd be four at the time because this was before covid and he went through he wanted to go through it with his grandfather on one of these haunted houses and we're like are you sure are you sure and he's like yes i can take it so also he goes through when you know it's like a less than 10 minute thing to go through one of those yeah they're not that crazy either and he gets and right like five minutes in all of a sudden, we just hear, we could hear him from outside behind a closed door. We could hear him screaming and crying because at the end of one, the guy with the chainsaw pops out right at the end. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and his grandfather comes out and he's like, he was fine until the guy with the chainsaw pops out. <laughs> like, Oh, you know, that, that warms my heart, though, because I grew up ever since I was a little kid going to the haunted houses with my dad. Like as long as I can remember, we were going to Eastern state penitentiary. We were going to Penhurst. We were going to, they had a place out in Foxborough and they moved it now. Spooky world. A long time ago, it was yeah. in Foxborough, but now it's in New Hampshire. I've heard um, of it. I've heard yeah. Of it. So I've been doing that stuff with my dad since I was like really probably inappropriately little. So <laughs> I'm all about that young children's haunted attractions and this is why she's a juggalette folks <laughs> the two coincide the two always coincide at some point <laughs> but the, yeah i was the opposite as a kid i avoided scary stuff like the plague i used to run in my room after simpsons ended and the x-files would come on as soon as i heard the theme song i would get scared shitless and run in my room do you remember the fiji mermaid episode that was the scariest freaking x-files episode ever it's like scarred me for life. I think I remember it. I did- this creepy little mermaid thing. It was not cool. <laughs> oh, you mean the thing in the sewers that was all white? I think I maybe yes, <laughs> it had a tail. I, yes, I I do remember that because they brought it back in the X Files comic book a few years ago. They brought it back. They went back to that, and they they've been going. They went back to a lot of the 
uh, earlier X-Files, like episodes and everything, tr- trying to keep the fan base happy, you know? But yeah, I mean, I, I watched through all the X-Files like 10 years ago, just because it's something I always wanted to watch. And I finally got old enough from like, this ain't gonna scare me. I love aliens. This ain't scare me. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm terrible. I'm so desensitized. I mean, I was like six, my, I was six watching Hellraiser with my dad, you know, um, he wonders why I turned out the way I did. And it's like, well, it's your fault, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's just, well, yeah. I mean, my parents, my parents wouldn't let me, wouldn't let me watch South Park for God's sake. So, I mean, Oh, me and my dad totally watched South Park together. <laughs> and Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> we did when we, we did when I got older, but it wasn't yeah. until I my dad wouldn't watch with me till I was a teenager. Oh no, my dad watched yeah. when I was a child. See, I, 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 I hear <laughs> so many people around We're our <laughs> around our age that are like their parents let them do this, their parents let them do that. I'm like, you lucky sons of my dad brought me like a Mr. Hanky shirt. <laughs> Oh, the childhood I could have had if my parents let me do things. But <laughs> then again, who would I be now? I don't know. But yeah, and then he was my dad was a cop, so we got him a respect my authority shirt with Cartman on it. Oh my god, I love that. I love that. I love that. Cartman is my spirit animal. <laughs> no he, ha- he has been <laughs> he has been since I was in middle school. Cartman is my spirit animal, but yeah. <laughs> and that's a bad thing too. But but so Anything other paranormal experience wise that you have, or I mean, um, I mean, I've had little experiences here and there, but nothing, nothing too crazy. You guys caught EVPs at one location, I know, because I saw that on TikTok. Okay, so yes, um, Rob, my friend Rob, he has a DR60, a Panasonic DR60, and I understand there's lots of taboo weirdness around the dr60 and they're saying that oh you know it can mimic syllables and this and that and whatever right i was not a believer until i started working with rob and his dr60 almost every weekend and now it's absolutely insane we have gotten and and i don't think it's all the dr60 i think it's a lot of rob like he's just i think that's his gift is you know being able to catch some crazy evps um we were at mid orange correctional facility back in April with my team and he came with us and he used to be there a lot when he worked for the other company. And so I asked a question, I said, what do you think about my friend Rob? So we play it back and it says, he's a dick. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, We were at cash town a few weekends ago and it was my mom's birthday. And I said, it's my mom's birthday today. Can you wish my mom a happy birthday and you hear happy birthday um i asked what the favorite type of al- alcohol was and they said whiskey bourbon um and then the peanut butter video that you saw that my friend that was my friend rob's voice i did you see the the video the video that you shared um yeah where, that's my friend rob's signature move one of them is can you repeat the words peanut butter and you like clearly hear peanut butter um at the Shanley this past weekend, though, uh, the spirits at the Shanley are are very well known for being quite vulgar. Um, <laughs> they curse a lot. So we had some very interesting EVPs from the Shanley this past weekend. And then actually at the end of the evening, 
we had full sentences like there's these two known spirits up in the attic adam and joe adam was a supposed serial killer and then joe is one of the like mafia kind of guys and the two of them were arguing <laughs> full sentences on this freaking ev like on the evps we got it was kind of crazy um so after working with Rob and his DR60 for, for so long, like I'm a believer now that like it must record. And it's not like sometimes if you listen back to recordings, you'll hear these like really like nasty sounding crackles and stuff. And that's the problem is people think that is what they're that's the EVP, you know, and it's not you have to listen under all of that. Um, my friend Rob had lost his hearing in the army and has two very expensive $10,000 um, hearing aids. So he is so good at listening to when we play it back and picking it out. So we'll sit there and we'll, we'll slow it down this and that we'll play it back. And you hear these EVPs are like breathy, human voices they're not like robotic dr60 kind of noises so definitely i i love i always say my favorite piece of equipment to bring with me is rob stack wicks because we always get some crazy evps yeah i mean you could even say he's he's, he's your favorite tool but yes <laughs> but that's what i always say <laughs> it's 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 funny because i just looked up the shanley hotel just to see where napadoc is it is in Ulster County because it's, okay. right, it's right before Ellenville, which, okay. which that's right between, I used to drive that road every weekend going back and forth to college. Okay. Because I went to college in Sullivan County, which is right past that. Yeah, I guess Ulster County must be huge because, well. It's pretty big. It's pretty big. Because I used to go to, um, every year, the Headless Horseman Haunted Hayride. Yep. Like, I love I love going there. That is in Port Ewan, right outside of Kingston. Well, yeah, it's in Ulster Park, New York. Ulster, Ulster Park, Port Ewan, same thing, kind of. I mean, Is it the same county? Yeah, Ulster, yeah, Ulster Park, and that's huge. That county is huge, then, because well, it's like Ellenville is the very. Wait, wait, no, Ellenville is Dutchin. No, no, Dutchin's on the other side. What the? I heck? just assumed since it was Ulster Park that it was probably in Ulster County, but Ulster... that's probably not an accurate assumption. Uh, well, uh, yeah, no, Ulster Park is one hundred percent in Ulster County. Okay. I'm sure. And yeah, and Napanaka is a hamlet in Ulster County too. So, but they're base. You're you were basically on the two different ends of Ulster County. Well, okay. two 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 of the multiple okay. different ends. <laughs> but it's funny you went to the Headless Horseman because that's everybody I went to high school with, and every year like worked there, went there. Like it's it was a huge thing in our town. Yeah. That's wow. It's funny how much <laughs> like synchronicity is with. I have, I, common, know. I have a common <laughs> with people I interview. Yeah. Like they all know things about where I grew up. And I'm like, I thought no one knew about this. Area. <laughs> <laughs> but wow. You drove up from the city to go like basically outside the city to go to. It's like, it was like an hour. Oh, I guess. I mean, I mean, I've always, I've always owned sports cars, so I might've been driving a little but And then I used to go to the Renaissance fair in tuxedo every year. Yeah, I, I, oh yeah, I've done that too when I was younger. I got my first, <laughs> I got, I got my first in Noise as a kid that Renaissance Fair, because okay. I was scared of the hermit crabs. <laughs> yeah, I was a chicken when I was a kid. I admit it. <laughs> 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 but yeah, so, but that's 
crazy because I've driven by the Shanley Hotel, I think, multiple, multiple times when I was going to college and back and forth. I mean, there's a lot of beer involved and all that, so who knows? But oh my god, I I had the worst. I was driving home that night because I couldn't stay because I was pet sitting. So I had to go home and it was the worst fog. I couldn't see 10 feet in front of my face. I was like, <laughs> the whole way home, I was like, going to die. There's going to be a deer and I'm not going to see it because I can't see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> especially by there, deer can be horrible. But yeah, oh, yeah. I walked out into the parking <sighs> lot to go to my car and there was just one staring at me in the parking lot. And I'm like, go away. <laughs> yeah, I, I forget where exactly I was, but. Because we grew up in Tilson, New York, which is right between New Paltz and Kingston, and New Paltz borders Napanock, Ellenville. Okay. So the one time I was driving home, and like this deer, I think I was driving through Rosendale or something. This deer literally was keeping pace with my car, and it bumped into the driver's side of my car slightly, and then just ran back in the woods. Nobody believed me when I got back to the house that deer bumped into my car until one of my brother's friends goes to my driver's door. And pulls out a clump of deer hair stuck to the door. And he's like, yeah. he's, he's not lying. He's not lying. I'm like, told you. I've had, yeah, I've had poor experiences with deer. Um, I I had my old Camaro got si- hit, but it luckily like hit it and kind of slid off. So it did very little damage. And it's funny you say that because the insurance company was like, you know, I wouldn't really believe this was a deer if it wasn't for the fact that you have fur sticking out of one of your corner panels. Um, but this past October, I was in a loaner car because my charger was in the shop and I was driving home from a haunted attraction, actually. And I had a deer um, run into the side of my loaner, which was a Jeep Cherokee. Um, and it literally on the highway jumped over the divider into the side. My airbags went off. My side airbags went off everything. It totaled the Jeep. Um, I was OK. Thank God. Besides a little like airbag crash and everything. But anyways, So I have like this fear now of, and I don't, I've never hit a deer, my friend. They hit me. I've always gotten (laughs) sideswiped. So I'm leaving the Shanley and I was just like, please stay away. (laughs) You know? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's insane. The amount of deer in New York. I mean, up here in Massachusetts, you see them once in a while, but it's not as common, but there are moose around here too, though. Right in Gardner. Oh, moose. I wouldn't want to hit one of those. (laughs) No, they'll, they'll total your damn car. But, yeah. but yeah, when you guys drive up here, you'll be seeing moose crossing signs. Hmm. So, yeah, I've never seen one yet, but I've seen videos of them right down the street from my house. That's crazy. So, but, all right. Well, unless there's any more experiences you want to talk about, oh. we could jump over to Creature Features, I believe. Okay, sounds good to me. Heck, this is actually one of the first times I could do a little bit longer Creature Feature, which is awesome, because I usually don't get the chance. Because... <laughs> either just stuff comes up or it's just never ending stories <laughs> and which i i appreciate stories no matter how many people i give me if you give me one if you give me 10 it's yeah stories a story they're always good yeah i mean i've, I've had glenn ralph on this podcast which i know you know him because yes I've, I've heard your episode on his show i did two shows with him i believe Ma- he maybe. made me he, I did one with he, but then he wanted to do one about TikTok. And I was like, I don't know a lot about TikTok, my friend, but I'm more than happy to hop on the show with you and talk about it. So. Yeah, I I met Glenn because he put out a post needing a guest and we end up talking about creepy social media. Like, 
That ended yeah. up being the, the topic you want to talk about. And then, like, yeah, at the he's end super of, nice. And then at the end of the episode, I'm like, yeah, well, I'm starting my own show, Paranormal the New Normal. And he's like, he's like, I have stories for you. Listen to this episode, <laughs> this episode, this episode. I'm like, oh, he's so nice. Yeah. Oh, he's, he, uh, my second guest in this show is a man named Jim Marshall who created a book called Septemics. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's basically just a way to find out who people are by, ranking them on 35 different scales that already that always existed but and basically glenn was so fascinated by jim marshall and the way he talked that he got that glenn got jim marshall on like a week or two ago and it's (laughs) it was just it was hilarious to hear them talk because glenn's a lot more demanding of questions than i am i don't try to push people like to the point but glenn glenn (laughs) likes that fun yeah (laughs) he's a good guy though but all right. Like I said, we'll skip ghosts and spirits since we kind of covered those to some degree. And we can even, man, maybe we'll get into aliens a little later. I don't know. I'm still trying to decide. But since you're from near Jersey, what do you believe about the Jersey Devil? Um, well, I, I'm in Jersey. But um, I do live in New Jersey, but I'm in North Jersey. I think most of the New Jersey Devil stuff is usually down in South Jersey and the Pine Barrens and yeah. stuff like that. Um, I don't, I don't know. I guess there could be something out there, and it is Jersey. We have nuclear power plants, and you know our own oil plants, and crazy stuff like that so there i mean genetic mutations could be a thing you know what i'm saying um well uh, the, I, the jersey devil has supposedly been around since colonial times yeah no so i know would, that would predate all those power plants and whatnot i know but you remember you're talking to a very skeptical yeah, investigator I <laughs> but, I mean, um I listen anything's possible anything is anything's possible it's fun it's just fun urban legend we have a lot of them um i always grew up reading the weird new jersey magazines and stuff like that um i've never had any encounter with a supposed jersey devil so i I yeah i mean um, as far as jersey devil goes it's one of those ones that's harder for me to say i believe in it but well I would say that, but I just recently heard a call into Monsters Among Us podcast a couple months ago, or maybe even a little longer back, but where someone actually reported seeing it, which if there's still reports of people seeing it in the Pine Barrens, then Mm -hmm. I mean, I have to think, because I mean, the whole story about it being a woman's 13th child, and that's why it came out looking like it did, like, I don't know if I believe that part of the story, but three letters. LSD. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, Who reported that? <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, they. Uh, I, no, I heard... I'm just kidding. I'm oh, just kidding. Listen, it's cool. It's it could be very much a thing. Um, but I don't know. Urban legends are like religion, you know. <laughs> Take it with a grain of salt. Well, speaking of religion, I mean, the Jersey Devil. What if it's a demon? What if that's why it's been around for 400 years? Because demons can't die, supposedly. I'm, that's another word that I don't like, demon. Um, or underworld creature, if you don't want to put it as a demon. No, no, no. It's just, you know, you go to so many places and they're like, oh, there's a demon here and this and that. And I'm just like, you know, I have friends in Nesper. 
um, which is New England Society for um, para, uh, Psychic Research, uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren's group. Um, their son, Tony Sparrow, runs it now since they, their son-in-law, Tony, runs it now um, since they passed away. But my friend Eric is in there and I've become pretty friendly with some of them. And, you know, they deal with exorcisms all the time and this and that. I am not a religious person, so it's very hard for me, me, me to grasp my hand on it. But, um, you know, so many things that are people think are demons are just like pissed off spirits. Like, I, I don't think they're nine times out of 10. I don't think something is actually a demon. I think the, those cases are fewer and far between. I'm not saying they don't exist. I'm just saying, I think they're over you. They're overused to explain things, you know? Well, I mean, the Catholic churches make money somehow, but that's the way I see it. But, but I mean, I, I don't, I mean, I don't like to call them angels and demons either. I prefer either heavenly creatures or underworld creatures because every, the fact that every society since the beginning of time has had some name for these creatures makes me think they have to exist to some degree. They have to. There's mm-hmm. got to, as people, as listeners of the show know, I'm agnostic, which I believe there's got to be something out there. I don't know what it is. I don't want to give any religion power by saying I believe in them, but. Yeah, I'm pretty much on the same boat there. I mean, I never would say I'm an atheist because I there's got to be more to this world than we know exists. But and mm-hmm. you can't be in the paranormal field if you don't believe that, and that's my personal opinion. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, I truly do believe in Greek and gods and Norse gods. I believe they existed, or they may still exist. The world may be like American gods, and they're just living on Earth now, trying to keep themselves in. So if you're in a yes. factory someday, you may have Thor working next to you, and not even know it. <laughs> I wouldn't mind that if, as long as he looks like the one from the movie and I'm cool with that <laughs> hey if he's as funny as Chris Hemsworth does in the movie so I, I'd love to meet him too but oh. and I wouldn't mind him as a personal coach but <laughs> but alright well since we went on that one let's jump to yeah well, hell, let's, we're in New Jersey let's talk Bigfoot <laughs> Okay. Or Sasquatch, whatever you want to call them. Okay. Um, I've heard some really interesting theories. I, I listen, I don't know. Like I'm terrible. I'm a terrible guest. I, I don't know anything. All we can talk about is theories here, right? Um, but exactly. I mean, we're not gonna be spouting facts because if, if you knew facts about Bigfoot, I wouldn't be talking to you even. You'd be probably rich, the, right? probably the rich or in a government black site. Yes, or or an, or in a loony bin, one or the other. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, there's like rumors of Bigfoot possibly being some sort of interdimensional being as well, um, and that's why he's so elusive because it's in and out of our dimension. You know, it's another thing that they they've associated UFO activity with as well, which is I don't know they they like kind of um, banning all that's like all that stuff together in like one category for some reason um i mean it's possible well <laughs> when it comes to bigfoot yes the alien bigfoot tie-in theory i do think that might hold some weight because i've heard theories before and i did talk to glenn about this actually but i've heard theories before that big that earth may be a prison planet for aliens and okay they may 
they may have some council of different species of aliens and anybody they determine is a prisoner or they send a, here they send here because <laughs> I, mean, I, I haven't heard that one yet <laughs> well it would make sense because then bigfoot mothman jersey devil maybe all yeah. these things could that be mothman legends pretty cool i like that one that's whether it's like real or not um it's it's a good oh. story mothman goes into and mothman has actually actually been seen more than just in chicago yeah been, oh it's, yeah that's disasters all around the world exactly which i mean that's another thing is mothman and heavenly creature or an underworld creature is he bringing doom or is or he warning it exactly exactly see you, you you can read my mind you know where i'm going with these freaking yeah 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 monologues but mm-hmm. yeah but i mean bigfoot well, going back to bigfoot for a second i mean as far as that goes i mean the fact that they found nest in the olympia project in washington that are supposed bigfoot nest and there's multiples of them and i truly believe Bigfoot does exist, and maybe it is gigantic kiss the speech the primitive species that we thought humans killed out. Yeah, maybe they survived and they got better at hiding because they knew if they came out, humans would kill them, mm-hmm. or Homo sapiens would kill them back then. Yeah. But, oh yeah, it's very possible. Um, and I mean, I know a lot of people that are super into going squatching and stuff like that, and they seem pretty damn convinced. So. Um, I am still trying to find people for the show who have seen Bigfoot and have experiences. <laughs> it's all, uh, what's her name? Eleanor Wagner is supposed to hook me up with a couple of them that she knows that have had Bigfoot experiences. I got to actually reach out to her again and see if she can hook me up with them. But because I mean, it's hard to find people that are willing to talk about it when they, I mean, yes, they're willing to anonymously call into Monsters Among Us and leave a voicemail, but like, yeah. but they don't want to be interviewed about it because they don't want to seem. Like they'd be long on Looney Bin or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I would never. I mean, I don't know. Bigfoot has to me. Bigfoot has to exist. It has to. I mean, there's been so many sightings in this world, all over the world. I mean, the Yowies in Australia. The I hate this word. I hate well Yetis. Actually, I like that word. Yetis in Tibet. I hate mm-hmm. a bomb. I hate a bombable snowman. I hate that word because it <laughs> it makes everybody think of freaking Rudolph, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> but i mean they just been they've been seen they've been seen in russia too and mm-hmm. it's just insane like it's insane like they've been seen everywhere and why don't we all right well i can go down bigfoot down bigfoot's black holes all day i was gonna say i was gonna say that a different way but it sounded very dirty <laughs> but what do you think about let's go with Actually, I don't think I've ever hit this one in the show. Let's go with Thunderbirds. I'm sure Thunderbird. you've heard. I'm, I'm sure you've heard the fear, like the myths of Thunderbirds, right? I mean, I've heard of like phoenixes and stuff, but I don't necessarily think I've heard of Thunderbirds. Um, well, Thunderbirds are a Native American legend to begin okay. with. They've okay. been around. The stories of if you go out west in America, there's canyons where there's huge paintings of thunderbirds on the canyon okay yeah and basically in native american legend they were the birds that you had to appease them and give them livestock and or something to eat or human sacrifices okay and they would bring or they would make huge storms come and destroy your 
land to destroy your crops and everything else. But yeah. in more in more recent years, people tend to believe they might be, and I say this with the utmost seriousness, pterodactyls left over from a previous age. Okay. That somehow found a way to survive, whether it's a land of the lost type deal, savage land type deal, if you want to go Marvel Comics, but like what somehow they found a way to survive out west in the deserts of Arizona, New Mexico, and all that. And there actually have been reports and stories of these birds, giant birds that look like pterodactyls, picking up small children out of the front yard. And what I mean, luckily the kid got dropped in the one that I know of most, but there's been other reports of them taking the kids and the kids are never seen again. Hmm. So, I mean, that's interesting. I mean, I mean, I wonder how, how small of kids are we talking about? Because there's plenty five, of um, six, birds I mean, of well, uh, the, prey that uh, would snatch a dog. So, <laughs> I mean, a dog's one thing, but I believe this in the story I'm thinking of, which uh, if I looked it up, I, I already know if I could find it. But <laughs> but I believe he was a kid had to be nine, ten. Okay, that's so, large. Yeah, no, it, it wasn't no baby or anything like that. It wasn't no toddler. It was yeah. It was a kid who was allowed to play outside. I think this was back in the seventies or eighties, but it was mm-hmm. a kid a kid who was allowed to play outside without being supervised like fully. Okay. And the mother happened to look out the window right at the time when she saw this huge thing flop down and grab her kid. Yeah, and that's new to me. Um, I love st- I love stuffing my guests with new things they never yeah. heard of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what's really cool? I don't know the name of it, but I've seen it on like ton of those like paranormal caught on camera and those type of shows. There's like this weird creature and it's like all legs. It's like this walk, it's all legs and they walk like this and it's like the Fresno big- the Fresno walkers. I think so. Yeah, yeah, and they're just like this tiny little upper body and these white creatures that just kind of go, like, yeah, 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 those things are creepy as shit. <laughs> well, okay, well, there's the Fresno walkers, which they typically are the bottom half of a body and that's it. Like, it's just legs. There's no... Like- it's mostly, it's mostly, but there were a little... Um, Oh my god, I have to look it up. I, I always, I just, I've seen them on so many of those shows, so many videos, and it's so bizarre looking. Well, there's also another creature that's actually on my list that's kind of similar to that. They're called rakes or, okay. or pale crawlers. Okay, okay. I think I've heard of them. And there's a famous YouTube video out there. I can't think of the name of the guy, but he recorded one in his backyard through a mm-hmm. screen, of course, so you can't see anything clearly. and It's dark as hell out, so you can't see anything. Yeah. yeah. But you do see this pale, pale, pale white figure, human size or bigger, walking around and stumbling around the backyard of this house. And my girlfriend has, my wife has used to see these outside her house in Hanson too. Like in her backyard a couple of times, she, she tried videotaping it, but it never came through clear for us because of the screen. But it was, she tried telling me like it was walking around and like it was just stumbling around and the common belief, because there's been more and more of these sightings at least recently. And the common belief is what if they're, they live underground in the cave systems that are all throughout America. Mm-hmm. And they that's why they're pale. And that's why they stumble around at night because they can't really see anything. Yeah. So maybe that's where they come from and maybe that's huh. just their existence. And But the biggest thing is that a bunch of paranormal educated people have said that 
what if this is what's happening with like the missing four and one all the hunters disappearing in the woods and stuff what if these creatures are taking them and whether they eat them or whatever their plans are for them yeah like maybe it's another race that lives underneath the earth like maybe like mole men or something like that like almost but yeah i mean so yeah i mean i the fresno crawlers i mean they're one of those things that like i've heard one or two stories about and then that's it no i know but the few videos (laughs) that you see they're just so weird looking and they move so strangely (laughs) it's actually funny because i actually have a fresno crawlers um pennant that i got from cryptic crate (laughs) i have a lot of pens for different creatures from that from cryptic crate (laughs) which this cryptic crate not a sponsor but you could be (laughs) because i i get it monthly it's the only subscription box i've kept after i bought my house because i couldn't afford any of the other ones (laughs) but it's an amazing box actually i get so many good paranormal books in it that I Almost. I don't have time to read them ever, but I have them all, and someday if I retire, I'll read them all. <laughs> all right, uh, let's. We could do a cup more, unless you're short on time and you have to bounce or something. No, oh, I got till about eight thirty. Okay, so all right, I'm gonna combine these two together because they're kind of related. Okay. What do you think of a mer people slash water cryptids such as Loch Ness, Champ? Ogopogo, take your pick. I almost want to say that the ocean cryptids are almost a little more feasible than land-dwelling cryptids because those oceans are freaking deep. I mean, I know like some of them are in like lakes and ponds and stuff like that, so that's a little less believable you know but i mean these ocean ones i mean there's there's shit down there that we don't even know exists yeah Um, i mean yeah a lot that's what a lot of people actually say when i bring this up is because because we know more about the surface of the moon than we do about the bottom of the ocean that just tells you right there that maybe these um different sea monsters are just something that they live and breed so deep down we can't find them and we only see them when they happen to come up. Which yeah. Maybe they come up to breed, or maybe they come up when they get old and they're on their way dying. Maybe that's yeah. when they come up the surface. I mean, I hate I mean, to... And that whole dinosaur thing, too, like survival, like dinosaurs that have survived Ooh. concept really comes in there you as the well. Wor- you took the words out of my freaking mouth. Because <laughs> on my list, and I talk about this creature every episode, because I love it. Mokele. Mbembe, which Macaulay Mbembe, which I always think I butcher that, is a supposed brontosaurus or something similar that mm-hmm. lives in Africa in a ri- in a river or pond. Mm-hmm. Which you brought up dinosaurs still existing. What do you think about them? Well, I mean, there's sharks out there that are almost that old that they found alive you know what i'm saying like they're they found freaking sharks that are hundreds of years old so why why the hell not you know um i've actually never heard of whatever you just said because i can't pronounce it either um Uh, uh, oh i mean it's mokele 
Mbembe. Like I, I actually just messaged you the name bit. So if you want to look into it, be my guess, <laughs> be my guest sometime. Because as Glenn said, I sent him home with a lot of homework. But Nicole, yeah, no, yeah, but, your guess is as good as mine there. But yeah, I mean, because I talk, I tell this story all the time in this podcast. But when I was a kid in elementary school, the one book I always took out of the library because I took a lot. I, I was a reader always. The one book I was took out of the library was the one cryptid book in the library full of Bigfoot, Loch Ness, and there was always a section at the end of it, what if dinosaurs still survive? And this is in the 90s, so even back then it was like a topic people brought up. Yeah, I mean, the bird, especially birds, like even like modern day birds, they there's no way they didn't, they didn't freaking come from dinosaurs. Like, I mean, there's oh. even like, there's even proof that like a lot of the dinosaurs had feathers, you know, so. Oh, trust me, my, my, my wife has chickens. She got them a year. She started raising them again. The best work I think for it. Yeah. Um, a few, a few years after we started dating and cause she had them when she was younger too, but, and the way they walk around the yard, if you just watch them, it's like watching Jurassic Park. <laughs> like when she used to open up their the door to their house because it was a big chicken coop and there was 20 at one point she had 30 or 40 of them mm-hmm. and like she would open up the door and they would all run out it looked like a herd of raptors coming at you almost and like the it was actually cute because the, the kids used to like brace themselves when she did it and like they would run ahead of it to make it look like they're being chased by the chickens <laughs> it, it's cute as hell like i wish i took videos of it but i never freaking got the chance because it happened so fast. but <laughs> but they do look like dinosaurs running if you i mean based on jurassic mm-hmm. park mm-hmm. It's, it's the only real thing we can base anything on because it's the only yeah. time we've really seen dinosaurs like that yeah but i truly believe in the deepest jungles the amazon the asian jungles i can never think of the name of mm-hmm. but i mean even in the african jungle the kenyan jungles i mean Maybe there's parts we don't know where there is because I mean, they've told stories of thunder lizards. I mean, in Africa, and to this day, people try to say, "Oh, that's a Komodo dragon," or "That's this," but no, it's not. We yeah. knew what we knew what a Komodo dragon is since those stories have still come out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, how many times do you hear of creatures being extinct, and then so many years later, they're like, uh, or like an endangered species went extinct, right? And then they're like, "Oh, there was a sighting of a pair." You know, it's like, yeah. no surprise. Not well, extinct. It's like it's like alien big cats, which is a big, big monsters among us thing because it's Derek A's favorite cryptid, basically. But it's not even a cryptid anymore because, like these black panthers and these jaguars that get seen in America now, the government has come out in some states and said, "Yeah, we released them back. We released these back into the wild because they used to live in this area, and we're trying to repopulate them to control the deer population." Okay. And other prey populations that are getting too big. I mean, me and my father were driving through New Paltz, New York when I, when I was eight, nine, ten. There was a little scuba diving shop that he used to go to to, to get his license scuba dive there. And mm-hmm. we were leaving it the one time and you had to go through like a woods on either side on this road to get out of it because it's on the back roads. And we saw something walking into the woods from one side of the road to the other. And all you could really see is the tail. But my dad got home. He grabbed out the encyclopedia and he went to mountain he went to lion and the tail matched a lion tail like a mountain lion tail and he's like he's like jeremy that's what we saw and i'm like i i I see the similarities yeah 
And he ended and there's up- mountain lions in North America. I mean, they're around. But when I was a kid in the 90s, they supposedly went extinct or were very endangered and very impossible to see. Like they lived in the highest of mountains when I was a kid. Like yeah. according to what? Yeah. And my dad even said, like, he called the, the environmental department and he said, like, this is what I think I saw in New Paltz. And, and they were like, nah. <laughs> no, they actually said, they actually said, um, they're like, there's well, been sightings. they're like, well, there's like, they're like, there's been sightings, but we can't officially confirm we're doing anything or we can't deny we're doing anything. Like, okay. Because this is back before they could say it. Now, yeah. in the last 10, 15 years, New York and other states all around the United States have started saying, yeah, we released them back in the wild. You know, sorry about your dogs and cats that got killed in the backyard, but we've been releasing yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's kind of like a pretty fucked up thing to do. <laughs> <We're> yeah, like... <laughs> right. But I mean, it is necessary for ecosystems. I 100% get that. Yeah. But all right. Well, since it's 5 of 8.30, so I'm we'll start wrapping this up i mean we went through we went through more creatures than most i usually get to do our creature features so <laughs> i love that because i am actually considering if i do do a second show each week i'm considering it being a only creature feature segment with just different guests who okay. that way people who, ha- who don't have experiences with paranormal but are interested mm-hmm. in it can still come on and talk about their beliefs mm-hmm. so i don't know i need my listeners to get up a little more though so Share people, yeah. share it with your yes, friends. Definitely make sure you send me the link when you're all done with it. Well, you're in you're in the paranormal the normal Facebook group, which is where people can find any links for the show. And I do post it every week in that show first thing. So Good. Uh, along with previews of who's gonna be on the next week, as you've seen. Yes. <laughs> I like to help network everybody, but why don't you tell people where they can find your company stuff and whatnot? Um you can go on to my team's Facebook group page, East Coast Paranormal. Um, also, you'll find me on the, the Get Haunted Network group page as well. Um, you can see me do uh, either Sunday nights and every once in a while, uh, Chris will do a pop-up show on the It's Haunted Network. That's where my podcast is that I do with the two of them, uh, Chris Sanders and Dave Childers. Um, if you go on to Instagram, um, underscore east coast paranormal underscore and my personal account is at w-i-k-i-d-c-h-i-k at wicked chick (laughs) um i do have a tiktok also make sure you follow my skunk charger the skunk on tiktok because you will die of cuteness um and yeah make sure you stay tuned we have lots of awesome events coming up we'll get haunted um grab some tickets come hang out i guarantee you'll be unlike any other public investigation you've ever done don't tell my team but i i really like doing i really like doing the get haunted events it's like it's like being with my team (laughs) you know um it's it's definitely a uh unique experience it's not like they just throw you to the wolves most of these public events you know we cater to all types of investigators newbies people have never done it before and and even you know a lot of the people are are very seasoned investigators that come with us and it's great you know getting a chance to investigate with everyone meet everyone learn different techniques you know we're constantly learning from our guests as well so yes i may have to buy a ticket for the gardener one coming up in july and i may see i may see you there that'd be Awesome. Let me know. That'd be really cool. Definitely might have to video it and put it on my page because that'd yeah, be, go ahead. Definitely be awesome. Well, as my fans know, but once again, 
I am at Juggalo Bastard on Twitter, Instagram, and now TikTok. Thanks to Christina. Because <laughs> it was the only way I could watch her video. So, <laughs> which it's fine. I got to get out there on social media eventually anyway. Got to get with the current trends. I have no listeners under 18 for this show, apparently. So, I got to start appealing. It took me a while. I got to start appealing to the younglings. But, yep. And, and try not to slaughter them at the same time. Star Wars <laughs> reference. But. And as you all know, you can catch me in my other show as well, Bracket Bastards, a funny pop culture tournament show, which me and my friends do. It's hilarious. And I do have two new shows in the works, but I cannot reveal any of that yet. But by the time next, actually, yes, I can reveal one because by the time this episode drops, it'll be out already. My newest show, Maniacal Music Musings, with me and fellow bastard Chancey Greif, challenging each other to listen to a new different cd every week and give our opinions on it and pick our top five songs off it it's going to be interesting <laughs> we are two strange individuals but <laughs> and please feel free to join the paranormal the new normal facebook group where you will see everything there is to know about the show as well as anything else i find about paranormal world such as a four-legged creature that has been seen on mars which i don't know how much i believe that one but it's possible. I could see it being possible. Mars, Mars used to have life. Why couldn't something still exist? But thank you, Christina, for joining us. Thank you for having me. Once again, that's Christina Westervelt, everybody. And maybe we'll have her on again someday with her uh, favorite tool, who I just lost the name of. <laughs> My favorite piece of equipment, Rob. And yes. <laughs> yeah, maybe someday we'll get both of you on. Why not? Yeah, maybe definitely. maybe if I do go to the Gardner thing, maybe I'll do a special episode. Yeah, but that'd be cool. We'll see. Uh, listeners, please tune in again next week. As you know, the show drops every Saturday. Have a good week.